0: morning. I uh, I want to, um, first of all, testify to the goodness of the Lord um, in uh, my own life and experience in the last uh, several months. I, um, about two and a half months ago, I uh, was on a fast track to congestive heart failure because of the, uh, because of my heart valve, the aorta heart valve being uh, uh, deteriorating and, uh, changing, having changed, having that changed, uh, hasn't made a young man out of me, but, uh, I, it has made a difference and, uh, I'm grateful for that. Um, you know, I, I have said before and I'll say it again, that I'm not asking the Lord to give me a long life, but, uh, I am asking the Lord to, uh, to, uh, Give me life uh, until I have completed my task that the Lord has given me uh, here on this earth. Uh, I've been looking at the, uh, the last section of the book of Romans here uh, before all of that took place. And my, the last message that I preached to you, I preached out of Romans chapter 14, uh, which has to do with Paul's admonition to the weak and the strong. This morning, I intend to do exposition of chapter 15 of Romans and uh, find that the the content of Romans chapter 15 is logically divided uh, into two sections. In verses 1 through 14, uh, we have Paul's final admonitions and uh, words of encouragement to the weak and the strong. I find it interesting that the Apostle Paul takes uh, uh, an extended section of this uh, practical section of the book of Romans to speak about those things that potentially can uh, uh, alienate people from each other and and divide the church. And so here you have this extended section beginning in verse 1 and chapter 14 and going all the way through chapter 15 and verse 14. Uh, where Paul uh, uh, gives admonition in relation to this matter. <clears throat> um, and then beginning at verse 15 in Romans chapter 15, uh, Paul gives an interesting glimpse in, into his own life and ministry. And in fact, the, uh, from chapter 15 and verse 15 on, uh, to the end of the chapter and on into the, the chapter 16 of, uh, of Romans, uh, mostly is Paul uh, giving personal testimony and, and giving us personal information in relation to his own life, which I find uh, very interesting and um, inspiring for myself. Uh, in the, this uh, In this section, in this uh, last section of chapter 15, beginning at verse 15 all the way through 29, uh, 33, Paul gives uh, this, this uh, uh, testimony of his own ministry, and um, in, I, it's, in, it's this section, this uh, second section of chapter 15 that uh, I will focus most of my message on this morning. And I've entitled my message, A Life Devoted to God and the Gospel. Now, uh, before I go there, allow me to look briefly at Paul's final admonitions and words of encouragement to the weak and the strong in the uh, the first part of chapter 15. In order to save time, uh, I'm not going to read these first 14 verses in chapter 15, but I'm simply going to give an, a brief overview of these uh, first uh, 14 verses. <clears throat> so in, in this, uh, this uh, concluding section on the weak and the strong in chapter 15, Paul admonishes them to, be, to strive to be like-minded. You have that in verse 5 uh, where um, he says... Um, Um, Now, the the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Jesus Christ. So strive to be like-minded. He doesn't doesn't, uh, exhort them to merely tolerate each other, uh, which is often what we do. Uh, to those that uh, are different than we are and, and uh, have differences of uh, conviction. But he, he actually tells us uh, to, uh, to, to be like-minded. Um, and to be like-minded means to think the same thing, to be of the same mind. Um, Like-mindedness then lends itself uh, to uh, Paul referring to uh, uh, to in in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3 to experience the unity of the spirit. And that's what Paul is aiming at. Being like-minded doesn't take place by happenstance. It doesn't just happen by accident. But uh, this can only take place by being intentional about it. We have to be intentional about about this matter. So so Paul tells them how this like-mindedness can be developed. And uh, the first thing that he says is that it can be developed by the strong bearing the infirmities of the weak. Um, To bear the infirmity of the weak means to come alongside of, to undergird, uh, to support, um, you know, I, I have a misconception of what it means to be strong if I think that it means to lord it over others, that I can run slipshod over, over um, the values of uh, others in, in the fellowship of the church. Uh, the truly strong one does not live to please himself but lives for the good of his neighbor. And so true strength, I say, from a Christ-like perspective is not determined by how much I can disregard the, the feelings of others, but how much I can give to others and come alongside and, uh, and, and, and uh, uh, encourage them. Um Paul, this refer, Paul refers to this in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1 as uh, fulfilling the, uh, the law of Christ when he says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And so uh, the, uh, the strong are to bear the infirmities of the weak. And then secondly, in verses 1 through 7, uh, Paul admonishes them, uh, that they, can, they should please and serve each other. Now that goes sort of a step further. Um, this, uh, this pleasing of each other does not mean that me, we are men-pleasers, but it does mean that we live for the eternal good of uh, my brother or sister in Christ. To please oneself is a characteristic of selfism. Uh, because it disregards my, my brother in Christ. And So if both the weak and the strong desire to serve one another and please one another, there will be unanimity, uh, Paul indicates here in this section. And then he points to the example of Christ uh, in verse 3 and verse 7. So Christ is the supreme example of one who did not live to please himself. That's what he says in verse 3. Uh, and so uh, also the uh, supreme example of how to receive one another is given to us as, uh, by the example of Christ in verse 7. You know, this puts the, the challenge of receiving one another to a whole new level. Uh, when he says we should receive one another as Christ has received us, that, that's a whole new level. And, um, uh, you know, in, in Isaiah 53, it tells us about how Jesus carried our sorrows, verse 14, uh, verse 4, Isaiah 53. Uh, He he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was cut off out of the land of the living. He died, in other words, verse 8. His soul was made an offering for sin, verse 10 and 14. So this is the example of Christ. Um, he, He did this for the, Paul goes on to say, in, uh, in verse 8, he did this for the, the circumcision, meaning the Jewish people. The, uh, you know, he, um, the, uh, in order to confirm and fulfill the promises God made to the fathers, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David, and others. Uh, so he did this for the circumcision. But he also did this for the Gentiles, he says, in verses 9 through 12. And so uh, that opened the door of the gospel to the Gentiles so that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And, and to show that this was part of God's long-range plans, uh, plan, God quotes four Old Testament verses to verify that the promise of salvation was extended to the Gentiles even already in the Old Testament. Well, uh, Paul sort of concludes uh, this, uh, the first section here, um, with verses 13 and 14, and I, I'm going to I'm going to uh, conclude my comments on this first section uh, by reading verses 13 and 14 without making any further comments. But it's a powerful admonition and encouragement to say that we there there is hope there is hope, uh, and um, we can. Um, work toward uh, unanimity with each other in the body of Christ. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and are able also to admonish one another. now i'm I'm going to move into uh, the next section, which is uh, uh, beginning at verse fifteen, all the way um, through verse thirty three I'm going to look at this section uh, portion by portion <clears throat> and as I, and as I said it uh, it gives us uh, a glimpse in this section of, uh, of how uh, Paul uh, served the Lord in ministering the gospel. And um, it's, uh, and, uh, and I've titled this section A, a, a Life uh, Devoted to God and the Gospel, which is, certainly portrays the life of the Apostle Paul. So glimpses into the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul uh, I find very inspiring in these sections. It has often been said uh, that the world has yet to see what God can do through a person through a man that is, uh, that is totally committed to him. Uh, and we all know that it was D.L. Moody, when D.L. Moody heard someone say that, that uh, he said, by the grace of God, I'm going to be that kind of man. Uh, I want to be fully committed to God and let God use me. Well, long before D.L. Moody made that determination, the Apostle Paul demonstrated what a life looked like that was fully devoted to Christ in the gospel. And that's what I want to uh, look at in the, uh, the next uh, half hour If the Lord gives me grace. I've often said that when Paul was confronted by the Lord Jesus on the Damascus Road, he asked two questions that became the two quests for his life. And I know that those two questions had immediate answers, but they also had long term answers as far as Paul was concerned. The first question was Who are you, Lord? The Lord confronted him with uh, and appeared to him in a, in a, in a, in a brilliant light, so, so brilliant that it blinded the Apostle Paul, and, and Paul heard out of that, that, from that light, someone speak and said, uh, uh, you know, said, why are you kicking against the pricks? Why are you resisting me? And so Paul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, and, and he said I'm Jesus. Um, but that's an interesting question, and that should become, that became the, uh, the quest of the Apostle Paul. You can see that as you read his writings, that he went through life. And knowing the Lord Jesus Christ was never a, a, a ho-hum thing for him. But he continued to pursue the knowledge of Jesus Christ for the rest of his life. And I challenge us to do the same. The second question that Paul asks is, what do you want me to do? A very simple question, but a very profound question. Especially if you intend to carry out uh, what, what God wants you to do. What will you have me do? Well, the um, um, Paul then begins the epistle to the Romans by saying, "I'm Paul, the the, the servant or the slave, the doulos, the bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God." And so here uh, he he gives us so in the first verse he gives us a testimony. Uh, not only who he is, but he gives testimony of those three passions that uh, that that uh, moved him through life from that point on uh, and so now, here in chapter fifteen of Romans, Paul gives us a further look at what a bondservant of Jesus Christ looks like and uh, And as it relates to his own life, and I'm going to uh, just take a look at what he says about some of these things. And uh, in the process of all of this, Paul lets us see what were the driving, as I indicated, the driving passions uh, of his life. I would also challenge us as to what are the driving passions of our lives. What is it that uh, motivates you and drives you? Uh, What what do you live for? And so here uh, we are told in this next section what the Apostle Paul, uh, what he lives for. And so what we have here is uh, in the first section in verses 15 through 19, Uh, Paul defines his apostolic calling and ministry, and I'd like to read that at this time. Uh, Chapter 15, um, beginning at verse 15 and going through 19. Would you stand with me as uh, I read this section? Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort, that's putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things by me, to, to make, of those things which Christ has wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about and to Illyrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. You may be seated. So Paul, uh, Paul's, uh, uh, there are two things about Paul's calling here that Paul notes. And the first thing that we, uh, he indicates here is that Paul's, that his apostolic calling justifies his boldness in writing this letter to the church in Rome. And you have that in verses 15 and 16. You see, to some churches, the Paul could, 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 could claim the right to instruct them because he had begotten them through the gospel. Um, and uh, he says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, and other places. He reminds people that he has begotten them through the gospel. But he could not say this to the church in Rome, because it seemed that the church in Rome had been established before Paul met the Lord on the road to Damascus. So Paul couldn't say that I begot you through the gospel. But Paul goes back to his calling as a as a minister of God to the Gentiles, which are his words here in these several verses. And it's because of that, and being a minister of God to the Gentiles is, is uh, synonymous to what Paul uh, has said in other places, that he is the apostle to the Gentiles. He's called to be an apostle, and he's not just using... The word "apostle" here, as a uh, uh, from the lit- literal the literal meaning of the word, but he's he's indicating that he is one of the apostles that uh, uh, God ha- that Jesus used to lay the foundation of the church, and so he is uh, called as an apostle uh, to the Gentiles, and it's because of this calling as a minister of God to the Gentiles. <clears throat> or as an apostle to the gentiles that uh, he uh, he felt <clears throat> a boldness to write this extended letter to them and confirm them in their faith because it seemed that the uh, the greater portion of the church in Rome consisted of gentiles and so uh, he felt this boldness to 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 uh, write this um, this most extended letter of the Book of Romans uh, to uh, to, the, to the Gentiles, and so uh, that was his, uh, his his basis for doing so, uh, and he uh, he did this in order to confirm them in the faith. <coughs> the uh, the second thing I notice in these couple of verses, 15 and 16 here, is that Paul saw his calling to be an apostle. As a gift of grace, Um, notice that Paul connects his call to be an apostle with grace, the grace of God, as he did in chapter 1 and verse 5 as well. It's important that all of us who are called to serve the church through our spiritual gifts, as we noticed in chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, that we see our calling or giftings as a, as gifts of grace. You know, we don't merit uh, the, this uh, this this calling, uh, these callings, uh, but they're gifts of grace, and, and uh, we we need to say, see that it, it keeps us from being arrogant and and uh, and 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 prideful. Um, even when Paul refers to how his ministry was affirmed by God through signs and wonders, meaning miracles and powerful manifestations of the Spirit of God, he did not take credit to himself for that. But he said it's of it's grace. It was a, a, it was a gift of grace. His ministry is a gift of God's grace to, to him. And, uh, and so it is with uh, each one of us. Each one of us has a calling has a gift to be exercised in the body of Christ and and outside of the body of Christ, Uh, but there are callings of grace, and we need to keep that in mind. Um, He he, he said, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. Uh, We must understand that uh, it is unmerited. Even... Our salvation is unmerited, but also our opportunity to serve him is uh, unmerited. It's a gift of grace. He understood that it wasn't his superior intellect or his dialectical skills that was the secret of his success, but it was because of the enabling grace of God, and that's the way it always is. True success always comes to us by the enabling grace of God. And then also here in, uh, in verse 19, um, uh, Paul, the, Paul gives us a, a glimpse of the, the scope of his ministry of, of the gospel. He says, from Jerusalem around about to Illyria uh, come." If I can pronounce that word right, uh, I'm not sure if I've got it right yet, but um, uh, if, you, if you draw a circle, as Paul indicates, uh, beginning at Jerusalem at the most southernmost point, uh, it, where Paul began, um, you go north by Antioch of Syria and up, all the way up to the Tarsus Mountains, the mountains of Tarsus. And then you go west uh, through Tarsus and, and uh, on into uh, Asia Minor. And uh, you, uh, you continue that circle and go all the way northeast to the, sea, to, uh, the, the, uh, the Aegean Sea. And uh, then you continue north, northwest uh, to uh, Macedonia, which touches the southern border, of Illyricum, uh, where Philippi and Thessalonica were located. And then you go south through Greece to the city of Corinth. That's where he was when he was writing these, this letter. What you have is about an 800 to 1,000-mile uh, stretch of the Roman Empire that Paul, in a 20-year period of time, penetrated with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as a result, and this, this astounded me last night as I, 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 I went and counted, the, the churches that sprang out of Paul's ministry in this extended area up through Antioch, uh, uh, Derby, uh, Lystrom, uh, on west to Ephesus, and, and all of the churches, the of uh, the seven churches that are referred to in Revelation. Paul came out of Paul's ministry. It wasn't that he visited all these places, but you remember that for two and a half years, Paul ministered the gospel and taught the word of God in Ephesus, and the effect of that was the was the beginning of the all of the churches in that in that particular area, as I understand it. So what you have here is that. Uh, um, Paul seems to have been instrumental in establishing 18 to 20 local churches uh, in this uh, circle of 800 to 1,000 miles. I find that, I found that, find that phenomenal. Um, and again, it speaks of the enabling grace of God. So this, well, this was the, the scope and extent of Paul's uh, powerful ministry of the gospel. (coughs) Now, what what we have here in verses 19 through 22, and I'm going to read it, we have Paul's, uh, Paul tells us his intentions uh, in preaching the gospel. How he preached, what motivated him to preach the gospel and what, is, what his goal was in preaching the gospel. So 19 through 22. Through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem round about to uh, Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel. Not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. And so he's saying that one of the reasons why he hasn't come to the church in Rome earlier... It's because he has been occupied in preaching the gospel in this extensive section that uh, I, I, I've been talking about here. And so, uh, but he, here in this, these several verses, Paul gives us his intentions in preaching the gospel. And one of the things he says in verse 19 is I, I, he, 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 intended, he intends to fully preach the gospel. Now, what does that mean to fully preach the gospel? Uh, there are two ways to interpret what Paul is saying here. Uh, The first one is that Paul is saying that I fully discharged my responsibility to preach the gospel in the area from Jerusalem uh, all the way up to the border of Uh, Illyricum. In other words, he says, we have saturated the whole area with the gospel. It wasn't just superficially done. I have fully preached the gospel. He could have been saying that. But it seems to me that, that, that what he's actually saying here is that I have not preached a partial gospel. Um, I, I have preached the true gospel. Um, I have not preached the perverted gospel, but I have fully preached the gospel. Um, as he said to the uh, church leaders in Acts chapter 20, verse 27, church leaders of Ephesus. Um, He said, yes, he said, uh, "I, uh, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. That's Acts 20, 27. Yes, I have fully preached the gospel. I have declared to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, he says, I am free from the blood of all men. That's 2026 of Acts. Yes, Paul's intentions were not only to bring the Gentiles to a faith in Christ, but as he says in chapter 1, verse 5, to bring them to the obedience to the faith. Um, or more explicitly, as he says in, this, uh, in verse 18 of chapter 15, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Uh, Paul didn't feel like he, was complete, he had completed his task until he had uh, 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 inspired people to, uh, to fully live their lives in dedication to the whole council of God. Yes, so he, 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 he sought to bring them to the obedience of faith. I, uh, I so, so well remember that back in the early 90s, I was sitting with two uh, 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 mission directors, two other mission directors where we were sitting together for for a week, uh, talking about how we can undergird the, uh, the 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 uh, the native church in northwestern Ontario. And so I I expressed a concern that uh, we it's important that it seems like it might be important for us to begin uh, teaching uh, the uh, the 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 doctrines that that we believe in rather strongly, Uh, the doctrines of the Word of God. Um, Not only preach the gospel, but also teach the the doctrines of the Word. And so I was uh, one of the mission directors. uh, Let me know that uh, it's not our responsibility to preach the doctrines of the Scriptures. Our responsibility, he said, was to preach the gospel and let them decide how, what, how and what they're, going to, uh, how, what they're going to practice. Well, it seems to me that the Apostle Paul would have different uh, with that. He, he said, I have fully preached the gospel. You see, when Jesus gave the Great Commission, there were two aspects of it. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, teaching them, that's the second aspect of the Great Commission, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And so in essence, what this mission director was saying, that it's not our responsibility to carry out the second aspect of the Great Commission. Well, Paul said, I, feel it, I felt it important to fully preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, it includes not only the first aspect of the Great Commission, but also the second one. And then secondly, Paul also talks about uh, how to, uh, that he, his ambition and his uh, desire was to preach the gospel where it had never been preached. Um, you have that in verses 21, 20 and 21. And uh, this is the way he said it. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. They that have not heard shall understand. So Paul had this burden to to preach the gospel to those who had never heard the gospel before. Uh, You see, Paul was a, a trailblazer. For the gospel, he was was a a pioneer missionary, a a planter of churches. Uh, Henderson says that Paul's aim and goal was to preach the gospel where Christ was not named. He didn't want to expand his energy building upon another man's foundation. I I certainly could testify uh, to the frustration and the futility of doing that very thing. for uh, 35 years I, uh, in, in, in living and ministering in, in Northwestern Ontario, uh, there are a lot of people that came to us and wanted to be part of our church and, and, and attended regularly who were from the Anglican, United, Baptist, Pentecostal, Dutch Reformed, Wesleyan Holiness, and all of these churches. But it was such a blessing... <laughs> When there were those who came, uh, and uh, and the privilege of bringing them to Christ, who and and disciple those who didn't have all of that religious, denominational baggage, and so uh, uh, that that was uh, that was a blessing. And so uh, this this was what Paul was saying here, in And I can certainly testify to uh, the wisdom of that. Well, uh, in conclusion, uh, I want to read verses 22 through 33 and just make a few more comments, and then uh, I will close. 22 through 33, the rest of this chapter. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now having no more place in these parts. In other words, he's saying we have, we have preached the gospel and, and penetrated and, and saturated the area that, that we've been ministering to. And having a great desire these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. For I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way, thitherward by you. It, if first I had be somewhat filled with your company. But now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. For it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution to the poor saints which are in Jerusalem. It has pleased them merrily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to, have sealed to them this fruit, I will come to you, um, by you, into Spain. And I am sure that I, when I come unto you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to, to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have uh, in, for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. Now that, God, now, now that the grace, the God of peace be with you, amen. Uh, you know, there, uh, Paul says uh, some things to us about his plans here. Tells us about his plans. First thing he says, uh, my intention is go to Spain. He said, I, I have saturated the, the, the area that I preached in with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now I want to go all the way west to Spain. That's about an 800-mile trip from Rome uh, or a 1,000-mile trip by land if you go up into the, the Alp Mountains and switch over through Switzerland and, and what was then called Gaul and then down to Spain. And so uh, he says, I want to, here Paul was 60-some years old and, he wasn't going to die playing shuffleboard in Tarsus. He, he said, I want to go to Spain. <laughs> uh, I want to preach the gospel in Spain where the gospel hasn't been heard. But he said, first I need to go to Jerusalem because uh, he had he, it was very important. This was a very important thing for Paul to, uh, to take the, uh, the offerings, the monies that he had collected from the Gentile churches to take these this offering to the church in Jerusalem. And he he felt the need to personally go and present this as the the apostle to the Gentiles to take this offering to Jerusalem to support the the, uh, saints who were in extreme poverty uh, in Jerusalem at this particular time. You see, uh, I find it so interesting that the apostle Paul was not only interested that the local church within the local church that there is a oneness and unanimity. But I find the Apostle Paul going to extreme measures all the way to Jerusalem, (coughs) a trip of 800 to 1,000 miles to give this gift to the Jewish church in Jerusalem. And why did he want to do that? Because he was interested in the unanimity of the church of Jesus Christ at large as well as the individual church, within the individual church. So he said, it's important for me to personally go to Jerusalem. When I I then make my way to Spain, I'll stop in. Well, Paul, he got to to Rome, uh, not the way he thought he would, but as a prisoner. And... um, he spent two years in Rome under house arrest, guarded by a Roman soldier. Uh, and as far as we know, he never made it to Spain. Uh, but while in prison, he wrote his uh, prison epistles, which included Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And, uh, and so uh, he, um, he impacted while he didn't get to spain he impacted the world and is still impacting the world in our day with uh, by writing these prison epistles and we have them to read well god bless each of you as uh, you allow this this glimpse into the life of the apostle paul and uh, to be uh, challenge you and and uh, Bless your own personal life and commitment to Christ. That is my desire, that that takes place. Let's stand and be dismissed. Lord, I want to thank you for the, this glimpse into the life of the, uh, that this, this great servant that you've called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Lord you've given us a glimpse into his life here in these, this section and I just pray that you would uh, allow it to challenge each one of our lives and that it might enrich us and cause us to serve you effectively. thank you for each, uh, each saint that is gathered here this morning. pray your particular blessing a bonus as we go from here and go into this week we, uh, we need your mercy and grace. And so we give ourselves to you for that in Jesus' precious name.